I'm Mo Rocca, and I'm excited to announce season four of my podcast, Mobituaries. I've got a whole new bunch of stories to share with you about the most fascinating people and things who are no longer with us. From famous figures who died on the very same day to the things I wish would die, like buffets, all that and much more. Listen to Mobituaries with Mo Rocca wherever you get your podcasts. So this is a bit of a venting episode. I mean, it's my podcast, so I'm going to do what I want. Um, but uh, with one of the coaching programs I'm in, it's bringing up the topic of executive functioning, which has been a major issue that I have been talking about on this podcast, about ADHD, uh, some stuff relative to personality as well, and general mental health challenges. I mean, it's a big, it's a big issue or topic amongst millennials. I know we talk about burnout a lot, and burnout is a big, big, big topic. And I think it does have a lot to do with executive functioning. And interestingly enough, I remember a few events ago that I worked at, uh, Dr. Dario Nardi talked about how using our phones activate our executive functioning, more of the left brain, where we think it's more like watching TV and it's more of a receptive thing. We're actually using more of our decision-making when using our phones. And I think what I've, I'm needing to do within the next week for this coaching program is to audit how much I'm utilizing my executive functioning. Because I'm realizing that I feel relief when I get the opportunity to just think or be or watch a movie where I'm immersed in something or listening to an album where I'm immersed in something for a little while and um, not presented with options to make a choice. So even when I'm watching a show that's maybe 30 minutes, it's like every 30 minutes you're presented with this idea or this, this choice of like, do I want to keep watching? Or do I want to watch something else? And it's not even that it's like a major decision to make. Usually I just let the thing go and it says next episode and it counts down and plays automatically. But it's something about being prompted that still activates the choice. Whether or not I know ahead of time that I'm not going to make the choice. That, that I'm going to let it default and do its thing, right? So it's interesting how many choices we have to make in our lives with streaming services. I go through YouTube every day and I'm saving things to my watch later list. I am scrolling on Twitter and I'm saving things or harding things or sending things to my wife or whatever. There's just a lot of decisions being made or which app to open up, um, what to do, what to say, how to spend my time, etc. So like sometimes I think that's why I default to recording an episode on this podcast because it gives me something to immerse into a little bit. Even though I'm active and I'm talking, I'm not making executive choices in terms of what to I'm not making decisions on what to do next. I'm already in the doing, <laughs> you know. So it, it it's like this twofold thing. It's it's finding higher leverage choices that are leading to immersive outcomes, meaning whether it's I'm sitting and talking with someone for a long time or watching a movie for a while or 
listening to music for a while, listening to an album or something, like it's a lot of these short decisions that are leading to this sort of like mania skipping along the surface sort of brain activity that I feel leads me into this sort of manic, addictive feeling. And I definitely feel very addicted to doing and devices and um, choices. And I think there's a part of me that's searching for something that's, that is high leverage. That is like a high potency choice that is like, okay, this is a decision that's going to lead to some sort of prosperity. And if there are more choices to be made, then it means you're not there. And like the brain is an interesting place. The brain is a, it doesn't know why it's reacting. It just knows it's reacting, right? That's why like dopamine as a release chemical, for example, it doesn't know what caused it. It just knows that the brain is basically saying, whatever you just did, do it again, which is why addictions can occur because the brain doesn't know if it's like a healthy version of it. It just knows that it worked. And I think we're getting very similar dopamine hits for making decisions and getting some sort of joyful result. And therefore, your brain is just like, make more decisions, do more of that, which is, you know, tinkering on our phones or whatever. Or even just like, I I've catch myself spending a lot of time in the Netflix menu saving stuff and not actually watching anything but I'm just making decisions, right? There's this study that I came across back in 1993. Not that I was in 1993 at the time, but the study came out in 1993. It was conducted in 1993 around this idea of leisure. And people were starting to transition from leisure activities being about guided experiences to self-choice experiences. For example, national parks. Instead of being guided by a ranger, people were choosing to do audio tours and lead themselves through a space. And there is a lot of ramping up of executive functioning in the 90s in particular due to like No Child Left Behind and things being centered around test scores and just increased desire for productivity. Go, 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 fast, fast, fast. It's kind of a story of America. And so there, there's this, this increase in executive functioning, and it's only gotten worse. And I, I think that's like this sort of un, uncategorized means of creating this burnout. Because it's not as if we're... It's like, why now are we burning out more often relative to the complaints of the past? I'm sure plenty of people had complaints about burnout, but it feels as though, and, and it may be a case, it may be a case where there is an actual different limit. And I, and I think based on personality type stuff, the idea is that people do have different capacities and different focuses and different leverage points of how they're going to utilize their executive functioning. Some people are just generally more people focused 
And that's going to put them in circumstances that are going to require less executive functioning because you're just going to have conversations and maybe be in more guided or receptive territories. Whereas if you're typically more of a data-focused person, more of a productivity-focused person, more of a data-driven, then you're more likely to be using your executive functioning more often and running into circumstances where you will burn out. And now we have digital access. I have access all the time to use executive functioning. At any moment, I could be waiting at the DMV and just start doing work stuff on my phone, answering an email, writing notes, uh, writing a tweet. I could go somewhere and record a podcast. Like I, I was in this moment where I realized this and I was going to do more work and I'm like, I'm totally burnt out. And so I started picking up my phone and now I'm recording a podcast because <laughs> it's something that I feel like I can do to immerse myself in something for at least a little bit and also get a little bit of a, you know, complaining out of my system. So there's something about this need to do an audit for executive functioning that's going to be necessary for me for this week. And it may require some drastic changes. Now I, it's, Specifically to me, I know that I shy away from guided experiences. I have a preference for control. I heard someone reference that in an Enneagram like panel that someone did talking about Enneagram ones. And somebody made a nice, like a lovely comment that said, you have a preference for control. And I was like, oh, I like the way that's put. <laughs> it doesn't, you're, it's not saying you're a controlling person or you're overbearing or you're judgmental. It's like you have a preference for control. And I, I definitely have a preference for control. And um, that preference for control is leading to a lot of this over-functioning of my executive regions of the brain. So... I think another leverage point is getting myself into more guided experiences that is allowing for me to be a passenger. I don't really allow myself to be a passenger. I allow myself to be a driver a lot. I will be a leader or in charge or doing something myself, usually doing something myself and not letting someone else take the wheel. There's a trust thing there, uh, and there's definitely, um, yeah, it's just a preference for control. And I think that's what's biting me in the butt, is this preference for control is is not letting my brain ease up. Because it's like letting someone else guide is a way for just me to not have to do it. It's just another resting in. It's the same thing as watching a movie for two hours. It's like you're resting into something. And I think ultimately that's what I'm wanting to do is, is finding more avenues where I'm not active, but I'm resting into something. And so that, that, that might mean a couple of shifts that might mean, uh, letting go of this like constant, YouTube cataloging and searching and making decisions about what I want to watch. It might be hitting the shuffle button on Netflix. I think that still exists, but there was the shuffle button for a while. Um, 
it might be switching to TV, like regular live TV for a while and not making decisions. We're just not watching TV at all. <laughs> I mean, reading a book definitely allows your brain to settle in, right? Um, there's a, I have to figure out the money related to this, but there is a Tai Chi place here in the building that I'm in now for my work. And um, they have another Qigong place as well. And resting into someone else's leadership. I think that, that makes me nervous. There's something about that that makes me uncomfortable. And I, I recognize that that's something I'm going to have to like navigate the uncertainty of and just go forward and do it. And so there's, I, I think that's talking through all of this. I think that's going to be the leverage point is finding ways to be guided or facilitated through something because I'm doing too much of the creating or doing or facilitating directly myself. And so I'm needing to let my brain ease up and relax. And ultimately I think that's, what's going to help with the management of burnout. And I, I think another leverage point too is, is that I tend to do my work all at once. So I, I have my daily work that's paying the bills. It's usually like four or five hours of work a day. And I just take the morning and I usually do it like straight through. Uh, right now I'm about two and a half hours in and I'm like, ugh, no, I'm, I'm totally burnt out. So not only is it like collecting and cataloging ways to ease off, ease off of executive functioning, but then perhaps more variety and spreading things out a little bit more. So I don't have to do everything straight through, do what I can and then ease off regroup and then get back to it later. Um, you know, I always worry that I just won't have the energy or the focus later or that my wife will want something later and I won't be able to like stand up for myself to like make the time to do it. Uh, or I'll kick the can or something and it'll never get done. So I just push through and I I'm starting to really feel that the pushing through is undermining me. And, I, and lastly, we had to make a list or, or a list was presented of, to us of a bunch of options for things that we could do for the week to, uh, to, to practice this cognitive function, um, and to basically be transparent. If you're into personality types and cognitive functions, it's extroverted thinking, which is more of an executive functioning, like goals and accomplishing and, and external progress. And so there's this list, these 15 things that were presented as ways to access this function. And I looked at the list and I just wanted to cry. I'm like, I'm already overdoing all of these. So I think my goal is to ease up and find a way to like relax that. And so allow myself to be guided through something. So, you know, we'll, I have the call later today for it. And so we'll see if that actually um, fits the bill, but that that's kind of my thought on executive functioning. Cause I think that's my story of executive functioning, but I'm curious about like 
getting to know what other people's experiences are, especially since like so many of us have phones in our pockets, access to burnout constantly, just doing, 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 doing like, what does that mean for big picture shifts? What does that mean for advice to give other people? Like if, if you're listening to this and this is something that you're resonating with, like I'd be curious if you found ways to ease up on your executive functioning to be guided through something versus actively having to do something. And if that feels like it starts to ease up on the brain, right? So I feel like I've got addictions happening at multiple angles and this executive functioning one in particular is an interesting place to explore. So I'll probably come back and report after the week and, and, and how I've kind of doing some self-experimenting and seeing if there's any difference here. But, um, if you do some reporting on yourself, I'd love to know, uh, you can follow me at let's go see notes on Twitter. I think that's really where I'm spending my time these days, though. I probably need to spend some less time there and the same Substack. let's go see note.substack.com. If you want to provide any, uh, subscription support and all of that stuff. Um, those are the places right now. And then I just kind of do this podcast for fun. So I appreciate your support. Thank you so much for listening and I'll catch you next time on happy chemicals. See ya. Inspired by the life of the savvy and ambitious Colombian businesswoman Griselda Blanco comes a new Netflix original limited series. Griselda tells the story of a devoted mother who, with her lethal blend of charm and relentless savagery, creates one of the most powerful cartels in history. Witness Sofia Vergara's captivating transformation into the godmother of the underworld. Griselda, now streaming only on Netflix. TIAA is on a mission. Why? Because 54% of Black Americans don't have enough savings to retire. So in collaboration with big name artists like Wyclef Jean, TIAA released Paper Right, new music inspiring a new financial future. With 100% of streaming sales going to a nonprofit that teaches students how to invest. Stream Paper Right now and help close the gap.